0: E aku nui, e aku te mihi kau atu ki a koutou katoa, kua Ko whai wā nei te mai ki hōtaka, kō tiahika This is Tiahika on RNZ, I'm Justine Murray. In the last few shows we've brought highlights and coverage of Te Pūtake o Te Riri, a symposium about the New Zealand land wars hosted by fakatani based institution Te Whare Wānanga o Awanuiarangi. Last week, CEO Dr. Wirimu Dohuti discussed tohi rites, or blessing ceremonies, before soldiers left their homelands. They left to go through to join the Māori Battalion. And one of the things, the protocols that they had to do was each person who had signed up as part of the karakia, there was a mokomoko that used to live in a peach tree at Papueru. The mokomoko was on the tree. They'd put it on the, on the person's hand. And while they are doing their karakia, if the mokomoko sat there, you were all right. But if it started licking your hand, you were told not to go. Because if you went, you wouldn't come back. We continue that theme in today's show with Vince Copeland of Natsiawa and Naitu
1: Hoi when the gates of war are open, men wrecks not of the world of life. so what that means is is that when it 's time to go to war, uh, the standards of normal behavior no longer apply it's a recognition that the world of life and rational thinking and logical thinking and, and uh, nice behaviour is over, you're now going to a, a dark place. And so rituals were used to manage the transition between Dyao Marama, the world of life, light and understanding, into uh into the, poor, the world of darkness.
0: Rā te nako o te e heke this is te Ahika on RNZ. Vince is the former Pau Whakahaere at Mahitahi Akoranga, an organisation that works with the Department of Corrections to reduce re-offending. From highlights of his presentation, Vince discussed the rituals, or tohi, in the midst of conflict.
1: Uh, For those of you who aren't aware, um, I'm I'm actually a a commissioned officer in the New Zealand Army. Now, when an officer graduates, uh, they go through a special ceremony. So just before midnight, the cadets that are about to graduate, uh, with their supporters, are called forward in front of the assembled guests. The officer takes a, the the graduating officer cadet, uh, takes a knee with their supporters standing behind them. Um, so that ceremony is called the pipping ceremony. And I was really um, privileged that I had my mother and my father, and I did it in front of uh, my aunties and uncle that night. And so at the end of that ceremony. Uh, you, really, you really do realise the weight of responsibility and the expectations of you as a newly commissioned young officer. And then uh, my uncle Gilbert, Gilbert who who's a rinatou tohuna, but who was also a veteran of Malaya and Borneo, then recited karakia over us. And uh, that power of that karakia has set me in good stead for my career as, as a military man uh, since that day. What I didn't realise then is that that ceremony that uh, Uncle Gilbert had, had done for us was actually a reflection, uh, was a uh, modern adaptation of a very, very old ritual, which is what I'm going to talk about today, which is our Māori rituals in, in battle. And so I can talk from the experience of the power of, of rituals, the power of karakia, and uh, the ones that are practised in the past, and the ones that are still with us today. It's really important to understand what the purpose of rituals are. Warriors and soldiers are profoundly affected um, by warfare itself. Uh, Of course, we see those with the physical wounds, and those are are easy to see. But there are many soldiers who come back who are suffering the psychological uh, trauma of war, whether it be uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, or uh, moral injury is another word that they use. So our tupuna knew this. Right? Our tupuna knew these three treats, And so this was reflected in the whakataiki that they would say, Ka tu te tawaho te riri, ka ore ki te marama. When the gates of war are open, men wrecks not of the world of life. So what that means is, is that when it's time to go to war, uh, the standards of normal behaviour no longer apply. It's a recognition that the world of life and rational thinking and logical thinking and uh, nice behaviour is over. You're now going to a, a dark place. And so rituals were used to manage the transition between Te Marama, the world of life, light and understanding, into uh, into pō, the world of darkness. So the rituals before battle placed the tapu of the war god Tumatauinga on the soldiers. on the warriors Mm -hmm. and their weapons, dedicating them to the service of Tumatawinga. The rituals prepared the warrior psychologically and emotionally uh, for the experience that they were about to go through. Um, And the warriors uh, remained under their tapu until it was time to come home and it was taken off. So the rituals for the return home had the purpose of purifying and cleansing the warrior, making them safe to return uh, back into the community. So, uh, another whakatoki that our tipuna said was, Kauwa e e tu matarehurehu. It basically means don't diverge from the ancient te- teachings uh, lest you be affected by tu matarehurehu. Rehu. Now, tu matarehurehu rehu, uh, was the personification of those emotions um, and those physical effects that you feel in battle. Alistair Best described it this way. No, uh, a person who was affected by two matarehurehu, their sight shall grow dim, their right arms shall weaken, and their hearts become as water when the spears of the enemy close in upon them. Okay. So that's the purpose of the rituals, was really to mark that transition from Te Aumarama to the poor and then back into Te Marama again. There are many traditions that our ancestors went through, but I'm only going, going to talk about um, uh, one of them, which is the tohi. Now, the tohi uh, has a number of different names. It's the tohi taua, the waitaua, uh, the kawa Tawa, the kawa moteriri. That word taua uh, meaning uh, wopari. Um, now, these rites were always performed beside water. Right? And, the name, uh, and there were special places in each community that were set aside for these things. The name of this water was either a waitapu or a wai um, Waikoti is another term that, that's also used. So here in, uh, here in um the Waiwe stream that used to flow on the eastern side of um, Pohaturoa was one such place. Another place was all Tamakoko, which is uh, the intersection of Wainui, Te Fara and, um, and the, the Awatapu Liging. That was another place where these rituals were carried out. Um, these sacred waters were extremely tapu, and no one was allowed to go near them unless you were taken there by a tohuna. And, uh, and you're taken there for the purpose of going through, through the rites. Now, when uh, these rituals took place, um, the Tohuna and the warriors were naked except for a maro huka. Now, a maro uh was a flax tied around the waist with branchlets of karamu uh, around the front to cover the private parts. Eh? So, improvised model That was known as the maro huka. And the shedding of the, the clothes and the wearing of the maruhuka was, again, to recognise the sacredness of the ritual that you're about to go through. Um, so we know that our clothes, our everyday clothes, are not. and so when we go through special um, rituals, we should actually leave those clothes behind and, and uh, do them naked, in the old days anyway. Um, so when the ritual was conducted, the tohuna would have in his hand, he would have a branch of uh, karamu, with only a little uh, few leaves on the end, he would dip that into the water and he would tap every man on the right shoulder uh, while he was reciting his karakia. Now, why did he tap on the right shoulder? He tapped the right shoulder because that was known as the pakehiwikaha. Yeah? It's your right shoulder that drives home uh, the force of your strike when you're using a weapon, uh, using a patu or, or a long weapon. Um, the right side of your body is the tamatani side of the body. Eh? Your left side being tamawahine, um, thinking the right side is the taha tapu and the right side was the taha ora. So by by touching the right side of the body uh, with the karakia, um, the tohuna was encouraging that the, the positive things, life, um, strength, courage, uh, be endowed on the warrior. Here's some examples of, of differing, Uh, of different uh, methods of of the tohi. So in the morning we separated into our various clans and each went to a separate place. We all sat in ranks, each clan by itself apart from the others. Then came the Tohuno of each clan with a branch of karamu in his hand which he dipped into the water and reciting his charm he tapped the right shoulder of each man with it. If a leaf fell from the branch as he struck the man then that man would be slain in the coming fight. So that's from John White. Uh, um, uh, quoted in Alston Best um, I like Alston Best by the way for all you academics that don't like Alston Best I like Alston Best because my Kuro likes Alston Best eh? yeah. uh, here's another one uh, from the same book, Māori Religion and Mythology part 1 um, At the earliest dawn the warriors assemble by the side of some water, a running stream is buffoon for the purpose of the tohi or rite of purification When all the warriors are drawn up in a line, standing with one foot on the land and the other in the water, the tohuna takes in his right hand a branch of the karamu shrub and dips it into the water. He then waves the branch over the naked warriors so that not only every man but every weapon is sprinkled. At the same time, he raises the chant, which may be translated as, Unloose the sins with water, that they may be unloosed. In this chant, the whole war party joins, and then if the oracles and omens are favourable, they start at once on their destroying career. So that's examples of how the tohi was performed. And as always, with each tribe they had their own karakia, known as the tohi uh, tu. Uh, but again, it's like this. Ka okay, tohi atama tama wai o tutawake. O wha owha tama ki te wai o tutawake. Kia riri tama kite wai o tutawake. Kia a tama kite wai o tutawake. You are baptized, son, with the water of tutawake. The boy prattles in the water of tutawake. Be militant, son, with the waters of tutawake. Be fierce, son with the water of Tutawake. okay. so Tutawake uh, was another name for Tumatawinga, the god of war and refers to Tū as being the um, I suppose, the, the personification of, of fighting you know? so it's just another name for Tumatawinga Ufa Ufa um, is a word that means for when babies um, when, they, when they get to a certain age they're able to move around by themselves so that's what the Ufa is so the words in these tohi always are, are about um, encouraging, uh, encouraging the person to have strength, to have courage, you know, to be fierce, to be fearless, and all the tohi say that.
0: Here, Vince talks about the blessing rituals that occurred before warriors left for battle.
1: Once all the rites have been completed, they went on their merry way, and just before the battle they would go through a second tohi ritual. And at that second tohi ritual, they would go through the same process again, but then they had another karakia uh, called a hirihiri. Hiri. So the purpose of the hirihiri Hiri was to bind all those positive things to the warrior. And it's really neat because in the hirihiri Hiri it mentions whakatane. Um So kotahi kwe kireda, kotahi koe ki manuka i whakatani, kotahi koe ki kotahi koe ki makaka i Fakatani, kotahi koe ki kotahi koe ki te bowahui i kotahi koe ki kotahi koe ki te i Yamau Patrique, Kya Fufia, Kia whifia, kia Kyamo. So one art thou there, one e out there at the e Manuka at Fakatani, one art thou there, one e out there at the e Makaka at Fakatani, one art thou there, one out there at the Alta at Fakatani, one out there, one art thou at the Maraya Fakatani. May they carry arms and possess and firmly hold thine enemies. The Manuka Fakatani is the Manuka The Makaka is the name of the old tuahu that stood. In Whakatane before the manuka tuitahi was planted, planted the when at the arrival of the um, mātātua canoe. That was the name of the altar. It was called te makaka. Uh, the makaka. The poahu in Whakatane is both the makaka and the manuka Chutahi. Poahu is another word for for tuahu, uh, an altar. But poahu refers to uh, a po, you know, a pole of the ground, a post being upright. Um, now. The Pohatu Whakatane, the Manuka I Whakatane, the Makaka was one of um, five Modi um, that were recognised as being uh, places of, of power where people would go to heal themselves, to, to protect themselves. Um, there was one another one down in Fangara, the other there was another one in um, Tainui, at Kafia, um, Te Ahuade, was said to be one place, and there was a, a, the last final place uh, was where Ma um, Tuaruiangi had had placed the Modi in the Coromandel. With these karakia, so those are the old karakia, um, what, what, we, what we know and what we've experienced is that um, these, these rituals continue um, into the modern era. So um, the man on the right, that's um, Sir James Henari, Hemi Henari. Um, Sir James Henari was the last commanding officer of the 28th Mauri Battalion. Uh, when the battalion, Apirana Nata called for volunteers in 1939 when um, New Zealand had declared war on Germany and, uh, and Apirana had proposed that uh, that a Maori battalion be formed, Sir so James Henare was one of those who, um, who enlisted. Um, the James Henare uh, went through the tohi ritual before he left home. Uh, the ritual was conducted up at Mototau Marae in front of um, his elders uh, and it was conducted by a, a, to, a tohuna who was a um, who was a, a descendant of uh, of a well-known napui tohuna and Matakite and Sage uh, the Kemara um, so the rite that the napui goes through is called the Fati. the karaka is the leaf the fati um, and the ritual is that if the leaf falls off no that was a, a bad sign the Karakafati karakia goes, Takutama, Itohiya Kitehu, Kitiake kiariri Kyanunuha ki Mite Noaho, Karo Patu, Kitaimor Tsu, Karo Mape Kitaimu Two, Karo Taikimu, Tohi tapu Kitewayo Karakafatsu. Okay, my son dedicated with the Pahuchu Kawa, dedicated with the Yake to be angry, to be fierce <laughs> in battle, and to attack like the wind. Dodge clubs in the tide of war of two, dodge projectiles in the tide of war on behalf of two. A sacred dedication with the water of karakafati. Um, now, the Pohutikawa and the Ake are two woods that are used for making of weapons, which is why they're um, used in the, uh, in the karakia, you know, in the same way that the, um, the warrior is expected to be hard. And the word that they use, um, uh, they used to say that the tohi used to implant the, the, the um, heart of stone of the war god and um, that, that was known as the whatumoana, to harden the warrior to, uh, to the enemy, and to harden to the warrior to the act of killing and to harden the warrior uh, to, to deal with what he was about to face. So, so this is a well-known tohi by a well-known person. Um, another officer of the Māori Battalion, Pita also went through the tohi ritual. And no doubt, I have no doubt, that many, many of our Croa our, our uncles and grandfathers that, that deployed in World War I and World War II went through this ritual as well. I went through a similar ritual, but not quite the same, when I first deployed to East Timor and again, second uh, again in uh, Afghanistan. Um, and it was a lot lot simpler. Um, we deployed as a contingent in East Timor. We were invited to Judea Marae in Taurana. And there at that Marae, uh, the co-macho of that Marae, we cited a karakia over us asking for God's protection while we do our work over in East Timor. You know, so that's a form of a, of a tuhi there. The second uh, ex- experience with that at the same time was in our whānau. Uh, before we left, we had a karakia as a whānau asking the same things before I left. You know, and that practice is still going on today with many of our Māori soldiers and sailors and airmen and women uh, before they deploy to, to war zones.
0: Here, Vince Copeland talks about the involvement of Maori in war overseas.
1: Uh, so, first, a lot of Maori deployed uh, in the in the very first conflict that New Zealand was involved in, the Boer War in uh, 1898. Uh, Walter Calloway was a well-known man from um, Kahuni, but our own, my grandfather's own uncle was one of those who deployed as a 15-year-old, the Maori Battalion. Oh, sorry, Maori Pioneer Battalion in World War One. After Gallipoli. It was so decimated um, that it was actually combined with uh, Pākehā from the Otago Mounted Rifles, I think it was, or the Otago Regiment, and they formed to combine uh, a, a, a bicultural unit uh, called the Pioneer Battalion. Then nearing, nearing the end of World War I, there were finally enough uh, recruits and numbers that were able to form the Māori Pioneer Battalion. What's significant about this battalion is that this was one of the only battalions that came back as a complete unit. It left as a whole unit and came back as a complete unit. Uh, 28th Maori Battalion, uh, put together by Apirana Nata. Uh, Plenty stories about those guys, their fame uh, within the Allies and with amongst the, the, um, the enemy. Uh, they were very, very highly regarded fighters. Uh, after World War II, uh, still going to Korea. Some Maori gun crew there. And then the, then the conflicts in Southeast Asia. Uh, Malaya, Borneo, uh, Vietnam... Up and okay, So those were still shooting walls, so people were still um, casualties and wounding, was still very much part of, um, uh, of what to expect. And then with the 1970s and the, uh, the Vietnam War protests, uh, New Zealand moved into this period really where they, the soldiers didn't go anywhere. Until uh, I think it was close to the early 80s, late 70s, where we then started deploying into peacekeeping and operations. Um, my first one I went on, so up and over here, which is in East Timor in 2001. Um, and we had our first combat casualty there, uh, which was Private Leonard Manning, who had been killed in contact with the um, Indonesians. Uh, since that time, we've, we've lost quite a few soldiers, uh, not as many as some of our allies, but each one of those soldiers affects a family, affects a community. Uh, it has an effect on their comrades as well. And of course, old Willie, eh? boy. For Māori, it seems to be just part of our blood to get involved in these wars. The generations have moved on now, and when we look back, we ask, now, what did they gain? Now, what did they gain? And in the end, I think, if you look at those times, especially in World War I and World War II, they weren't as connected as, as we are now. They didn't have Facebook, they didn't have TV, um, you know, they didn't. air travel wasn't the way it was. That was the only way you are going to get to get out of your little village, eh? to get out of your atuki, and to see the world was to go and join up and go off and fight. Um, For God, for king and for country, yep, that might have been the call, but once you get down there and bullets start going downrange, that goes out the window and you actually end up only fighting for the man, for your brother who's on your left and on his right.
0: An important role was that of the Padre, or chaplain within the armed services. Here, Vince talks about Māori who held the role of Padre within the Māori Battalion.
1: In traditional warfare, the tohuna had a very important role in maintaining the spiritual welfare um, of of the War Party. And likewise, in modern times, the Padre plays that role. Um, So these are the 28th Māori Battalion Padres. So uh, going through, so down here, this is Padre Harawira. Um, So Padre Harawira went to World War I as a 16-year-old. And he was the first Padre uh, of the Māori Battalion. So we've got Wharetini uh, Rani over here. This is Uncle A.B.'s Um, um he, he deployed as a very old man. Um, he had three sons, that's what I mean. He had three sons fighting in the Māori Battalion at that time. So he had the father and three sons in the Māori Battalion. Um, he was from the east coast, uh, but he had married a wahine randatira from Ruatuki, um, Rotu Gereru. Unfortunately, he, he had both eardrums shattered uh, while he was in Africa. Uh, the, third, the third chaplain was this fellow down over here, um, Nātai Wānoa, and he served in the, the battalion from Alamein to Tunis. Uh, he was a, a Māori all-black. He was a vicar before the war, when the war started. Um, he enlisted as a private and eventually uh, was promoted to the rank of captain and chaplain. Through that war, uh, the fourth padre is Padre Weetauhuata. So he was of Ngāti Kahuninu. He arrived in the Middle East in 1943 and served throughout the Italian campaign. Um, he was awarded the Military Cross uh, for his work with the battalion. And then finally, the last padre um, was, although he wasn't an official member of the of the battalion, he was attached to the battalion as a padre. Is Padre Manuhuya Bennett of Darwan. Uh, so these men had a, had a big role in sustaining the fighting spirit uh, of the battalion. Um, and they went after the war. After the war, they went on to, again, lead the very distinguished, um, distinguished lives. So let's um, share some thoughts from uh, Padre Wititau Huata. Uh, he talks about the importance of the Taha Wairua. So I believe that the 28th New Zealand Maori Battalion was so good at fighting because they had a strong spiritual side to their lives. A simple belief in the ability to fight, and a real belief in the hereafter. There are many times when men who were dying, or men who were dying, would say to me, "Padre, humaiti noi chuku or we pray for my mother." When a young soldier is afraid, or when he knows he is dying, he calls for his mother. The priorities of aroha to a young Maori soldier seem to be love for his mother, love for his father, love for his wife, and love for his children. And, and that was Padre um, Huata's experience. Here, Tito talks about before the battle. So, before battle, I, would all, I always tried to get myself in a place where, as each company went forward, they would pass me. I would say, he always in Māori, a commendatory prayer. Almighty God, with whom do live the spirits of just men made perfect after they are delivered from their earthly prisons. We humbly commend these souls of these, thy servants of the 28th New Zealand Māori Battalion, into thy hands, as into the hands of a faithful creator and most merciful saviour that they may in the end be brought to life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord. Amen.
0: Tēnā kue, Vince Copeland, a soldier in the armed forces who discussed tohi, or blessing ceremonies, in the context of war both here and overseas. Koa ia tātātou kaupapa i nei wā. That's Te Ahikā for the week. Presentations and highlights from a recent symposium about the New Zealand land wars, Te Pūtake o Te Riri. Our final episode in the series returns next Sunday. Nā reira, he mahana, tēnei kia tātou a katoa. Hoki mai a te e tū mai nei, hei kona mai.